Today is a good day. And no one said, yes, it is. Well, I'm, I'm letting you know, today is a good day for me. Um, I don't know what you guys have been going through this week, but um, I want to encourage you. You're still standing. Okay? No matter what you guys were faced with this week, you are more than conquerors. Look at you, sitting. Who's got a smile? I, you know, everybody's got a smile. I see eyes. It's so good. Today, you know, I love that song. Uh, coming out of communion, um, to be reminded about who God is, and then to sing a song that says, hope has a name. You know, when there is no hope, when we feel there is no hope in any situation or at any time or point in our lives, hope has a name. And that name is Jesus. You know, it's it's, it's a name that we can call on, and you know there's going to be a response. In my house, my kids have a name, and that name is not Jesus at this moment. It's mom. Because they know if they go mom, mom's going to respond. If they go dad... I don't know, I, I respond in a different way to my wife. Um, how many dads respond on the first dad? There yeah, yeah, we go. You guys are amazing. Thank you for setting the bar high. Uh, when I walk in, that bar hits me in the head all the time. Dunk. You guys said I. How many moms respond, you know? How many moms don't want to respond to mom? But you guys do in any case. Yeah. Oh, man. But you see this thing, even though you don't, and they keep going, mom, mom, there's always a response, right? And, and that is what we have with Jesus. When there is no hope, and we go, Jesus, he is not like me. He is not like moms that go, oh, hide me quickly. I blend in with the couch or something like that. But then you still go, no, Jesus responds. And today, we are going to be going into a new series. We're kicking off a new series. And uh, this series is called Jesus. And yes, it says opposite attracts. Um, I know there's a whole lot of guys, you know, you're quivering because it's like, oh my gosh, it's not opposite, it's opposites. I'm like, no, we are going to live opposite to what the world lives because we are going to go through the series where we look at the character of Jesus and try and apply it to our lives. I say try, because it's not easy. How many of you guys know? Imagine, you know, they always use these examples. If Jesus was only born now in our time and he was in school, his parents would constantly go, why don't you be like Jesus? And his brothers would go, come on, really? That's, that's not fair. But we want to try. We want to be like Jesus because as you will see through the different stories, the different things we're going to be teaching in the series, Jesus acts opposite to everybody that is around him. And in him acting that way, he attracts more people. He attracts them out of their sin, out of their desperation. He attracts them out of their hopelessness and helplessness. 
And that is what we want to discover as we go into the series, is that opposite attracts. So, can I ask you, as we kick off this series, to turn with me to the book of John, and we're going to be reading in chapter 8 from the very first verse. I love Jesus. He is so amazing. John chapter 1, I mean John chapter 8, verse 1. But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. At dawn, he appeared again in the temple courts. How crazy is that? He goes to the Mountain of Olives, obviously to pray, and then he just appears in the temple courts where all the people gathered around him. And he sat down to teach them. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. Dun, dun, dun. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law, Moses commanded us to stone such a woman. Now, what do you say? That's a very important question right there. We're going to be talking about it. Now, what do you say? They came to him, and they spoke the law to him. The one who is the author of the law, they just didn't know it at that time. And so they go, what do you say? They were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. Sounds like my kids. You ask them something and they do something else. But today, as we look at the life of Jesus in our very first part of this series of these collection of talks. I want to talk to you from this title called Drop It. Before we get started, let's just pray. Lord Jesus, you are, you are above every name. You are above our hopes and our dreams. You are above our failures and our pains, Father God. And so we pray as we sit here and we open your word, speak to us, grow us, top us up, do what only you can do. We ask this in your name. Amen. Have you guys ever used the word drop it? If you're a parent, if you have a dog... Um, if you are married, you know, you've always used that word or that phrase, drop it. And, and a lot of times, drop it, when someone says it to you or when you say it to someone else, it's actually for their benefit, okay? Like, I remember when my kids were, like, really small, uh, they would pick up everything and put it in their mouths. One day, my kid was walking with chicken in his mouth, and we were like, where did you get that? We were in the middle of the zoo, and I'm like... <laughs> Well, he said, no, it never happened. I'm just, can you imagine? Like, kids pick up stuff and you drop it. My dogs, 
I'm sure for the first parts of their lives living with us thought the name of the, we named them Drop It. Because they'd pick up remote socks and I could drop it. it. It's crazy. But um, I, I remember this one time, um, Ali and myself, we were just married. I don't think we had kids. I, I can't quite remember that part. But we were at my parents' house. It was um, pretty much late um, afternoon, early evening. You know, the sun was just setting. And we were by my parents' home and we were watching TV. Um, I don't even know why we were there. But in any case... Um, were they there? They, I'm sure they, they were there. Because as this story unfolds, we were sitting and we were watching um, TV, and the house behind my parents, the alarm goes off. And so I get up and I go, let me go and check. But now the problem is the walls surrounding my parents' house is over two meters high. And as you can see, I'm, I could have been in the Shire, man. I was like one of Frodo's friends. I'm really short, let alone my wife. And uh, so I couldn't see what was happening at the house behind us. But the alarm was going off for quite some time, and, and I walk back into the house, and as I walk into the house, all of a sudden I hear this doof, and this guy runs through our yard, and I go, you know, in Christian-like, I go, bless you. No, no, I start, I run out the house, and as I run out the house, another guy comes running through our yard. They had jumped over the wall, and ran through my dad's garden, jumped over the front yard wall, and kept running. So what do I do? I chase them. I get out the yard, and there's a brick. I pick up the brick, and I'm running off, and I'm screaming, hey! And just as I'm about to let go of this rock, I hear this voice behind me go, drop it! And I stop, and I turn around, and there's Allison. <laughs> As I was chasing them, she was chasing me, and I'm going, what you doing, woman? Go back inside, get help. She's like, but what if something happened to you? You see, she said, drop it, because, you know, um, they, they obviously got away, and, but it was to protect me as well. Because had I thrown this brick and actually hit someone, I wouldn't just be a hero in my mind. I'd be in a lot of trouble. Had I missed, I could have hit one of the cars in the road, and I would have been in trouble. Um, if there were kids running around, I could have missed. And I don't know if you noticed, I can, no, I can hoy. Because no one picks up a brick and runs like this. You know, I come back here. You know, I'm like running, dude, full speed, knees up here. And I was just going to loy them. But Ali comes, you know what? Drop it. Drop it. And, and, and they, it was not to do anything but to go stop and think about what you're doing for a minute. Because that's what we have to do. We've been in situations and uh, the best thing that we could do is drop it. You know, how many of you guys like confrontations? I, I, I don't know about you, but I don't like confront, confrontations at all. We're so perfect. I mean, it's just sunshine and what unicorn poop everywhere in the house, which is candy floss. It, it's really nice. Because, you see, we have been called to influence the world. And the way we do that is by being opposite to what the world is like. And as we, as we have a look at the series... Um, 
we are going to look at things of what Jesus is teaching us. And today, we, what we're going to learn is that an encounter with us needs to bring change. Because every encounter that Jesus had with people brought change. Stones. The whole thing that you need to stop doing is stop throwing stones. Yeah, but Mala, I don't throw stones. I don't throw stones at anybody. Uh, do you get offended easily? Because when we get offended, we're throwing a stone. Because someone will come in and say something about us, and then our first response is, but hold on, what about you? We get so upset about things. Are you, are you holding on to something that is, you, you're holding it against someone? You're throwing a stone. Because stones come from anything, jealousy, hurt, pain, being wronged. And Jesus comes in and goes, drop it. You just have to drop it. So what we learn here from Jesus, I'm just going to take a few minutes, is that the first thing that he points out is, before you say, pray. Because have a look here. Jesus just comes out of a moment of praying. How many of you guys have ever noticed, spend time with Jesus, and the first thing that you encounter is the devil? Okay? How many of you guys have ever tried fasting? And immediately after you fast, there's conflict, there's issues, and there's always something. Jesus arrives at the temple. He's teaching everybody, and then they interrupt him with an issue, with a lady that has been caught in adultery. We always look at this. How many of you guys have actually read that story before? A lady caught in adultery, and then we move on to Jesus. But can I tell you something? Let's paint a picture here quickly. This woman... She could have been a prostitute. She could have been uh, married to someone else. She could have been someone's daughter. But she has a moment with someone that is married. A life got ruined there. A wife got hurt. Kids got embarrassed. A name was tainted. You see, it's not just a beautiful picture of a woman that was in sin. There was a woman that came and actually destroyed something. And there was hurt and there was pain. And they brought her before Jesus. Because the reason I want to paint it that way is so that we can see that in our lives, we either step into a place where things are really bad or we encounter people that have gone through really bad things. And our first response shouldn't be, hey, pick up a stone, you were wrong, you deserved it, your choices suck, um, why don't you ever think, you, you, you know, we normally hurt the people closest to us like that. Hey, oh no, you just did it again. You know what we did? We picked up a stone and threw it. Man, why are you so horrible at making choices? What did we do? We picked up a stone and we lloyed them. You see, we are all giant slayers, right? 
Hey, uh, you know, every morning before I drop off my kids, I'm like, you're a giant slayer. Daddy, what does that mean? It's like you can pick up a stone and you can kill the biggest thing in front of you. But so we become professional stone throwers. Then not only do we bring down giants in our lives, but we sever relationships as well. So there's a time when we have to pick up a stone and then there's a time where we actually just have to drop it. And so here's Jesus standing with this woman in front of him. And they come and they quote the law to him and they go, you know what the law says? The law states that Moses wrote that you gave to your people that she needs to be stoned. But what do you say? Have you noticed the world, people want to know what you have to say? Especially if you're a Christian. We live in a society of wokeness. That's a word, of wokeness. Everybody is awake. I didn't know I was asleep. Hey, and, and, and so they come to you and it's like, what do you have to say about this situation, about what's happening here? Do you remember when COVID first hit and, and the vaccine started coming out? Everybody was like, hey, pastor, what should we do? What do you have to say? They'll come to people and go, what do you have to say? Everybody wants to hear what you have to say. But they don't really care what you have to say. We need to be careful what we say because they don't really care about what you say. People just want to hear what you say. So like, just like Jesus, they can find a word, a phrase, something that you said where they can twist and throw a stone at you. And so we need to be like Jesus Respond differently. I love Jesus' response. They go, what do you say? And Jesus says nothing. We don't always have to step up to the challenge when someone chats about something. You don't always have to respond when someone does something wrong. Sometimes no response is a greater response. My wife, <laughs> my wife and I, we constantly in our perfect little bubble, <laughs> constantly realize that she is always wrong. No, I'm just joking. She comes and she tells me something. And I go, babes, you didn't tell me that. And she goes, no, yes, I did. Do you remember? I'm like, no, I don't. But do you remember? And then it goes from, Take a few steps back. Let's pull out the stones quickly. And we clap each other. No, not really. No, not with real stones. But then we throw like, no, but you didn't. And what we should actually do is do what Jesus does and drop it. Sometimes it's not about our opinion. You see, our opinion doesn't matter. It's the position that matters. When you are in a situation where you've been hurt, where you've been like, Broken, where, where, where people have pushed you away. Have you ever been alienated by your friends? Hey, our response is not about how our opinion is. It's about where our position lies. And Jesus, you know, he stoops down and he writes in the sand. And I think that we don't know what he wrote, but I love the position he took. He took a position of going, let me just drop down quickly. 
And I believe in our lives, whenever we encounter situations, the best response we can have is to not speak, but to pray. We've had many a times where we've experienced um, pushback from people really close to us. And so what we did was we, we, we didn't just go in there all guns blazing. We prayed about it. And what we've realized is when we pray about it, you know, it's, it's, it's not lacquer. Because how many of you guys know some people just deserve a club? But a club is not going to solve something. It just heats up the situation. And so everyone has an opinion. How should you drive? How you should raise your kid? What do you have to say about this? How you should live your life? What kind of diet you need to be on? How are you supposed to gym? Everybody's got an opinion. But drop the opinion and get into a position where you're not throwing a stone, but you're consulting God. Because it's all about God's response rather than his opinion. You see, stones don't bring people closer to Jesus. Whenever you talk about a stone in a relationship, it's normally to build up a wall. When you see a wall, it means don't come in, don't come closer. And when someone takes a stone off, it means, hey, there's danger. So we should rather drop it and not throw stones. Jesus didn't pick a side with an opinion. Because if he had to take the opinion of the religious leaders at that point, he would have lost a person. And if he had chosen the person, he would have broken the law. But his response was in his position. And that's what we need to do. We need to respond with getting into a position. You see, response doesn't require a rock. Your response doesn't require a rock. Just because you are right doesn't mean you need to throw a stone. I, I, once again, I can use examples here in our family. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. My wife's always right. <laughs> That's on record. <laughs> because I just forget stuff. And uh, she would say something. And I would go, no, you are wrong. And you know what she would do? And, and then a couple of minutes later, in our argument, I realized, oh, snap. How do I back out of this? She was right. And you know what she would do? She's like, that's okay. You know what? I love you. Jesse, that's the biggest rock, to throw the rock of Jesus at you. The cornerstone. It's like, it doesn't hurt. It flat. It's like, oh, death. <laughs> but just because you're right doesn't mean you need a rock. Just because, you see, the Pharisees were right. She did wrong. She was caught. And law states that if you are caught, your end result is death. They were right, but they were wrong at the same time because their motives were wrong. 
When we are right, please make sure that your motives are not wrong when you go and approach someone. Because when your motives are wrong, you're actually picking up stones. And what what does God say you need to do? Just drop it. Because a lot of times we need to win the person and not the argument. You know, sometimes we, we, we want to go there, I'm right, you're wrong. And then tomorrow we don't have that opportunity to chat to them because we severed something amazing. And what Jesus is showing us here is in our lives, can we please keep the relationship and lose the argument? Because winning a person for the kingdom is more important than standing for your position of whether or not they are right and wrong. And so we need to be very careful about how we pick up stones. And Jesus is just saying, just drop it. Just drop it. Check here in John 8, verse 7. We're just going to continue in that specific um, passage. It goes, when they kept on questioning him, when they didn't get a response, what do you do when you don't get a response? You ask again. This is not part of what I wanted to preach. But when you don't get the response you want from Jesus, please don't stop. When a friend of yours has picked up a stone to throw you, please don't stop. Go after them. Find out what's wrong. Pursue them. Don't stop. Because Jesus uses a story later on in his life as he's teaching his disciples that when you are persistent in something, you will get an answer. And these guys kind of worked on it. When they did not get a response, they kept on questioning him. So what does he do? He straightened up and said to them, Let anyone of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. See, he didn't pick a side. He asked the question. At this, those who heard began to go away one at a time. The older ones first, until only Jesus was left with the woman still standing there. How do you respond to a situation? You see, because I want to show you there's a difference in responding and reacting. Reactions are fast. It's like a ninja. Like my wife, dude, guys, come on. This is, it's your day. Um, so we're riding on the highway, the N1. And um, now, now my wife, she, she, she doesn't mind driving. And when she's driving, everything's okay. But when I'm driving, the world is against her because then she's noticing everything. I don't know if, guys, do any of you also have this problem? That you don't have a backseat driver, that the navigation system just broke. So like cars are driving in and she's got sound effects, man. Like, ah, hey, rolling down windows and like. But there's this one time, this one time we're driving and this car just pulls in front of us 
Guys, I kid you not, I didn't even blink. I wasn't even afraid, but a thought, a second hadn't even sticked over, and Ali leaned over and hit the hooter. And went, Bob, hey! I'm like, holy smokes, your reaction is fast. It's with my kids as well. They walk into the house and they say something like, pa! Ali like sorts him out. Now, she doesn't have good reflexes. She's got good reactions. I mean, throw a frisbee at her. And, ah! But you see, there's a difference between a reaction and a response. A reaction, you don't wait. When someone does something to you, you react immediately. And reactions always come out of a place of bitterness. You know, it's, it's like the Wild West out here. We're walking around with our stones. And someone does something, oh, pah, pah, in your face, headshot. Ah, it's a kill. And then someone else, like, you want one as well. Ah, pah. Say that again, your shoes are ugly, Pud, so is your face. I mean, we walk around reacting to everything that the world throws at us. But husbands, don't react, respond. How do I look in this dress? Beautiful. No, I don't. No, but you are beautiful. You are so beautiful respond. You see, response is different. A response is normally slower. A response, you are gaining information. You are more calm. They call it an emergency response team. Why? Because when you phone for an emergency, before they respond, they gather information so they know how to handle the situation. If it was a reaction team, you phone someone who's like, I'm bleeding. Ah, you're bleeding. I'm like, ah, what do we do? I don't know. Phone someone. I did. Okay. But we shouldn't react. We should respond. We should take our time. We should drop into a position where we, we respond by going to Jesus first. And we pray. You see, Jesus didn't respond with a rock. He responded with restoration. Where the world responded with condemnation, God responded with a savior. When these guys brought her and exposed her sin to him, they brought out her shame. They put shame on her. But when Jesus addressed the sin, he didn't bring shame, he brought change. And that's what happens when we have an encounter with people, drop the stone and replace it with love. Drop the stone and replace it with hope. Hope has a name, and that name is Jesus so when I've gone through a situation or when I encounter someone that is going through something, let's not react out of our experience, but let's respond out of the love of Jesus. Because we're quick to say, oh no, that person, too much work. They deserve it. Maybe they're doing something wrong. But that's what the whole world is saying to people. Why don't we just respond with, We want to create a space where we can pray for people. 
but we can't pray for people after we've just thrown a rock at them through the week. We need to be those people where we go, you know what? My response is not one of a rock. It's one of relationship. It's one of restoration. It's one of relief. Because you see, Jesus' response came to change the way we live and to make us whole. Verse 10, and I want to close off with these last two verses. Jesus straightened up and asked her again. See, he responded by not saying anything. And then after he responded again, he dropped again into a position. Until he didn't even know that people had left. Because when we're so focused on who God is, it doesn't matter what's happening on around us. Because in our situation, we're not responding out of hate, anger, pain. It's all about change. Jesus straightened up and asked her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir. No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go now, leave your life of sin. Jesus doesn't give a, a card with the name of someone she needs to go and see. He doesn't recommend a book. He says, listen, I do not condemn you. I love you. Believe it or not, I've come to die for you. I've come to restore you. I've come to make you whole again. And what we should learn from that instance is when we encounter people that are broken, hurt, shameful, angry, misunderstood, we should respond. I've got love for you. Can we be the place, that church that shows love where others point fingers? Can we be that church that shows grace where others expose faults? Can we be that church where we show forgiveness where others condemn? When people respond and throw stones, can we drop and respond with love? And so today I'm just asking, as we learn and as we move, you know, we are expecting more this year. And in our expectation of more, can you drop it? Can you drop the, 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 the grudge you have against someone? Can, can you drop the hold of, um, you know, they did this to me. And can you show love? Today, I believe we just need to drop it. You might be holding on to something that has happened to you long before now. And Jesus is saying, just drop it. So can we pray?